What do you say to teachers that might say, oh, I just don't have enough time for this? Social awareness can be seen as a soft skill, but there's nothing at all soft about it. I'm a happy and successful adult. It's essential to know how to interact with others. Welcome to the Moments for Myself podcast. I'm your host, Virginia, and in this episode, we're focused on social awareness skills. Today, I'm speaking with Jill McAnical, a former elementary school teacher who is the co-founder of Kids for Peace, a global 501c3 nonprofit that provides a platform for young people to actively engage in socially conscious leadership, community service, arts, environmental stewardship, and global friendships. It's also the home of the Great Kindness Challenge, which Jill will speak about in the podcast today. After the episode, if you want something hands-on for your students or your kids to practice social awareness skills, check out our Moments for Myself workbook published by McGraw-Hill at momentsformyself.com. Before we speak with Jill, let's start with a definition of social awareness from CASEL, the organization that works to make SEL skills an integral part of K-12 education. Social awareness skills are the abilities to understand the perspectives of and empathize with others including those from diverse backgrounds, cultures, and contexts. This includes the capacities to feel empathy and compassion for others, understand broader historical and social norms for behavior in different settings, and recognize family, school, and community resources and supports. And now, let's talk to Jill. So Jill, what does social awareness mean to you, or how do you define it? social awareness is basically just being aware of the people around you and interacting with them. You know, we are social beings by nature. Um, At the Great Kindness Challenge, we look at the broad definition of social awareness, um, which encompasses compassion, perspective taking, appreciating diversity, and respecting others. Quite simply, it's empathy and kindness in action. You mentioned the Great Kindness Challenge, and I know you work a lot with teachers and schools through that. When it comes to social awareness skills, what do you say to teachers that might say, oh, I just don't have enough time for this? Yeah, so um, it's a great question. Um, Social awareness can be seen as a soft skill, but there's nothing at all soft about it. Um, Lots of research now shows that to become a happy and successful adult, it's essential to know how to interact with others. That makes sense. Um, So it's also a nuanced skill. Um, It's a skill that we can learn and we most definitely need to practice. And so it's important for educators to take the time to help children have those experiences that help them master their social awareness skills. Um, If they're concerned about timing, we really suggest that they have a mindset shift to treat daily school interactions as an opportunity to practice the social awareness skills. So really being at school, it's um, interacting with classmates, their teachers, the school staff, It's one big ongoing social awareness exercise. So putting the focus on that makes a lot of sense and being intentional about it. And also teachers um, can think of the benefits for the students and themselves that will make the the social awareness skills make it easier for students to share information in the classroom, to communicate and to collaborate with others. Um, It's also essential and fundamental for creating friendships and relationships in general. And those are all so crucial um, and help us having a healthy and happy life. And then finally, as a bonus for the teachers, um, students with strong social awareness skills actually engage in fewer disruptive behaviors 
making the whole learning experience so much more positive for everyone. So it's worth the time because it's a win-win, win-win for everyone. Yeah, listening to you, I can't help wondering, how has the need for social awareness skills changed as a result of the pandemic? Wow, I have never seen anything like this, um, you know, in homes and families and schools. Um, I'm a former educator, as you've mentioned, and and um, have a lot of friends who are educators. And they say how really difficult it's been. Um, the pandemic has shaken up and disrupted all of our lives. And it's given us, the educators and parents in those um, in this field, more urgency to really understand and develop and prioritize the social and emotional well-being of all children. Um, Students have been isolated during the pandemic. They've been scared during the pandemic. And um, they have not had the opportunities to interact with each other for the past two years, really putting them at a deficit in these experiences with social awareness. So it's really crucial that we take the time to address that, to recognize it, and to help the kids help our students get the skills to be able to relax and um, build upon their resiliency and really learn to treat each other with that respect that we want for all people. So is there anything that teachers can do in the classroom or parents can do at home to authentically model social awareness skills? Because I know when I've spoken to other experts, they all emphasize the importance of modeling or proving or or demonstrating the skills. Yeah, I think um, that being authentic is really helpful. And the more we can just own our own feelings around it, um, to be brave to talk about when we're scared about something or when we're excited about something or when we are confused about something, when we're sad, all of it, being able to model those feelings is really helpful. And then with the educators and parents, when we're able to socially interact with our children, just taking the time taking the time to to listen, to be there, that all makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah, you said something about owning your feelings as a way of modeling that reminded me of what someone else said. It was in the responsible decision-making episode and the educator being interviewed told a story of how he had gotten a frustrating email from someone right before he interacted with a student and he took out some of his frustration on the student. He immediately corrected himself apologized to the student and explained what happened and why he did that. And it really made an impression on the student, presumably because he sees his teacher just owning up to a mistake and essentially practicing what he was probably preaching about a lot, you know, taking responsibility for your actions. And it, and it just, it really went a long way with the student. It makes a difference. And then it also gives them our own children or our students permission to be in touch with their feelings. Um, Hopefully they, you know, look up to the adult and when they see their adults being just vulnerable that way, it helps them to feel safer to express that. Have you ever noticed any red flags when working with students on their social awareness skills that would be good for teachers or parents to be aware of? Yeah, I think it's something that's very age specific. The red flag for the um, preschool set is definitely different than a red flag for the high schooler. So it's something that really needs to be specific to the age. That's there. Um, but there's some red flags like for parents of do you worry that your child does not have enough friends? So that that can potentially be a red flag. But then in the same breath, some some kids just have one friend and that's enough. So um, it's also redefining what that can look right. like. Wondering um, if you get concerned when you see your child interact with others. There's sometimes you see things that just doesn't quite feel right and the kind of puts that put you on alert. Some that can be just a red flag. Um, does your are your child's conversation skills extremely odd or or self-focused? Um, that can be a red flag. 
Um, do you find yourself defending your child's social behavior to friends um, or family or neighbors or school? Do you feel like you have to defend them? That could be a red flag, something to look into and then um, be able to find the tools and support from there. Okay, great. That, those are all really good suggestions. Have you ever, sort of on the flip side of red flags, have you ever experienced any sort of surprises or revelations when teaching social awareness skills? Gosh, I think that the biggest like awareness that I've had about this is how accessible it is for everyone, how receptive all children are to interacting with others when they're when it's approached in a way that is um, relevant to them. And um, seeing right. how much kids love to, you know, we focus on kindness. So focusing how kids love to do acts of kindness for others. Um, sometimes they just need the permission to do that. Um, and once they give, are given permission to reach out to others in that kind way, then it really, um, they blossom within that. And we'll probably talk a little bit more about the Great Kindness Challenge, but that is something that's really beautiful about the Great Kindness Challenge because it does give every child, every student permission to go out and be kind, get out of their comfort zone. And kids really thrive when they have that invitation. So we've talked a lot about developing the students' social awareness skills. How important is it that teachers and parents focus on developing their own social awareness skills? I think going back to that authenticity and the vulnerability, it's we often learn best by example. I mean, it's a cliche, but it's so true. You know, for our children, if we're saying one thing but doing something else, um, kids are smart. They know. So it really needs to be integrated, our actions, our words, our beliefs all together. And so having parents really practice that. And that's the thing about kindness and social interactions. We still need to practice like anything to be good at it. Um, there's some people who are naturally you know, more prone to it, but they still practice, like even the best athletes um, to stay to stay sharp. And they're feeling you got to practice. And kindness exactly. and the social skills, it's no different. It, it needs, we need to be mindful of how we interact with others. And then we just need to go out and interact. I know you used to be a teacher and you work closely with teachers through the Great Kindness Challenge. Do you have a favorite approach or activity or anything like that for teaching social awareness? Or, or maybe there's something that you've observed that always seems to work. I'm just thinking about educators or parents that are listening to this and maybe need a good place to start. It might sound a bit self-serving, but I really believe in the Great Kindness Challenge. I think it's a beautiful place to start for everyone because it's really simple yep. to implement. So I think as simple as something can be, the more the greater chance that we're going to actually do it and follow through. And so we make it really easy for schools to implement it. And it's so comprehensive. It gives um, every child, um, for those who don't know, the Great Kindness Challenge is based on a 50-item kindness checklist. Students get the checklist and they're challenged to complete as many acts of kindness as possible in that one week or longer. Now we have on um, deeper lessons with it. Um, but as students are practicing the kindness and doing act after kind act after kind act, they are really making kindness a habit and they get to it, it taps into all of it. It taps into um, compassion. It taps into perspective thinking and excuse me, perspective taking, um, appreciating diversity and respecting others. Um, it taps into all of that very, very, uh, we've been very strategic in the acts of kindness that we have, um, having children even um, make a wish for a child in another country. Well, that might sound like a simple concept, but it has them then thinking about, well, what would a child in another country maybe want? 
what, what they need. And then they can right. be curious about someone else. And that just opens huh? up the door oh, for yeah. them appreciating diversity that's there. So they're really simple acts of kindness that lead to greater results um, in their overall ability to have high social awareness. Okay. Well, my next question was going to be, and and we could talk about this through the lens of the great kindness challenge, but what kinds of behavioral or group dynamic changes have you noticed as a result of teaching social awareness skills? One thing that seems to be across the board that happens for those who really embrace the great kindness challenge is an enhanced joy that's there. Something that's really beautiful about everybody focusing on kindness for that one week. And then it carries on. It's more than the one week, but we really ignite everyone during that one week. And there's just a joy that happens. And I think that we can't ever underestimate the power of joy in having, you know, to to be able to learn, like happy students learn better and um, happy people have happier lives. And so it's something that really is a result of those who are doing the Great Kindness Challenge. And um, it's also very empowering. We see that again and again, that students then see a problem outside of themselves, or they see someone that's hurting or someone that needs something, and they're, they feel empowered to be able to go do something about it. And so it has this beautiful ripple effect because they become active participants in their life and in society and in humanity, and it all together really elevates experience for everybody. Well, that sounds beautiful and inspiring. And on that note, I just want to say thank you. It's been great learning from you. Is there anything that you wanted to share or discuss that you didn't get a chance to? I I think the Great Kindness Challenge is coming up for 2022, right? It is. It's coming up um, January 24th through the 28th. Okay. The official. Okay. Um, So anyone could just go to our website, greatkindnesschallenge.org and sign up for free and get all the tools. We have amazing tools, um, checklists, all different kinds, depending on what your school environment is, all age appropriate. Um, We're doing a really cool event, um, a a cool campaign this year, our Kind Coins for Peru campaign, where kids get to learn about the life of a child in Peru and then help make her wish come true. So there's always um, neat opportunities as part of the Great Kindness Challenge that go on. So we invite everybody. um, We really feel that it's a gift to everybody to be able to be part of it um, because it just feels good. It's one of those feel good um, experiences. So we like to offer that to everybody. And it's a gift to us to have educators bring it to their school. I'll definitely put that in the show notes for this because it's such a great thing that you guys do. And McGraw-Hill, I know, also did a series of SEL webinars with you and others. So I'll include those links so that people can catch those replays as well. Awesome. Okay, so I just wanted to summarize some key things learned today. First, when it comes to the importance of making the time for teaching social awareness, Jill basically says to take a step back and see the big picture. I think she used the phrase mindset shift. Research shows that increased social skills lead to increased happiness. And even on a more micro level, where there's improved social skills in the school, there's fewer disruptive behaviors, which makes for a more positive learning environment. And obviously in the age of the pandemic, it's even more urgent because some of these students haven't had a chance to interact with each other in a classroom in almost two years. And as Jill said, their social skills are really at a deficit. Another thing she said is that practicing kindness is like practicing any other skill, just as athletes who regularly practice and reap the benefits of that practice with results on the playing field. 
She says the more kids practice kindness, the more they increase the likelihood that they'll reap the benefits of it, such as you know becoming more compassionate and empathetic. And these acts of kindness don't necessarily have to involve grand gestures or intricate plans. In this case, Jill talked about the Great Kindness Challenge. And if you look it up, part of it involves a checklist of acts of kindness, some of which can be as simple as holding the door open for someone. These prompts for kind acts reminds me of the conversation starters we talk about in the relationship skills episode. So sometimes kids just need a place to start and it can be very simple. And lastly, she provided parents with some potential red flags. You know, are your kids using a lot of self-focused language? Are you defending their actions a lot to other people? So just some things for parents to think about. So to wrap it up, If you're feeling at all concerned about your student or your child's social awareness skills and you want something maybe interactive and hands-on for them to practice social awareness skills, such as demonstrating empathy, respecting differences, expressing gratitude, be sure to check out the Moments for Myself workbook at momentsformyself.com. Thanks, Jill, for sharing your thoughts and tips, and thanks everyone for listening.